Well, good weekday evening. Today is Thursday, April 13th. And you are tuned in to the Parents of Prodigals podcast. The time is 8 p.m. And I'm your host, Brother Alan Weir, for this one-hour block of time. Yes, I said 8 p.m. We were delayed for an hour. Our local area had a service outage, which prevented us from going on the air at 7 p.m. But the service was restored, and just for this week, we are podcasting live at 8 p.m. Unfortunately, last week, we had technical difficulties which presented us, or prevented us actually, from going on the air. And so, we apologize to all our listeners who tuned in last week. We did provide notice of our technical difficulties, but we are back. Praise God, and we want to welcome you to the Parents of Prodigals podcast. If you are a regular listener, we welcome you back to our program. And if you are a new listener, the Parents of Prodigals podcast is a one-hour, one-hour live podcast program. And this program, this podcast is committed, dedicated, and consecrated to the ministry of prayer, supplication, petition, and prayer warfare on behalf of those of us who are parents of unsaved and backslidden and wayward sons and daughters. Each week we take time to lift up before the throne of grace our sons and daughters who have wandered from the faith or maybe have backslidden or maybe have never accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And so we come together. This is a time of ironing, sharpening iron. We welcome your participation in this podcast. We pray that What is shared and said here would be edifying to the listeners and glorifying to the Lord. There are many of us who have sons and daughters who perhaps used to attend church and used to read the Bible or were at one time interested in the things of God, but no more. Maybe perhaps other things have lured them away or tempted them tempted them to leave the things of the faith, peer pressure, or maybe the love of pleasure, and they've wandered away and have put the things of eternity in the background. Others of us have adult sons and daughters, and they are married and maybe have their own families, and we praise God for those things. Those are wonderful things, and they also perhaps have careers. But the Word of God does say, that the cares of this life, the pursuit of riches, and the matters pertaining to the things of this life can often distract from the things of eternity. We can end up placing those things first and become so preoccupied with the things of the world that we ignore the things of eternity The cares of this life, the anxieties, have led many to wander from the faith and pursue career, riches, pleasure, or many other things. And so we lift up in prayer. At this time, during our podcast, we take this time to pray for our unsaved sons and daughters. You know, there are many of us who have sons and daughters and they are backslidden or have never accepted Christ and they may be incarcerated and we worry about them in those dangerous environments and we pray that perhaps a prison ministry or 
some other outreach. Reach out to them so they can hear the gospel message in those terrible environments. Perhaps we have sons and daughters who are in bondage to drugs and alcohol and other substance abuses, and maybe perhaps they are in treatment, struggling with these strongholds of addiction, and we pray that they be free from the mental and physical bondage of drug addiction, and they surrender their lives to Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. We also, some of us have sons and daughters, and we have no idea where they are. We have no idea whether they are alive or dead, or we don't know if they're in a different state or a different locality or a different town, and we worry about them. You know, I've mentioned this many, many times in the story of the prodigal son. The father had no idea where his son was after he wandered off, and I can only imagine his anxiety, not knowing whether his son was alive or dead or perhaps sick, lying ill somewhere, out in the cold or in the elements, and I'm sure he was praying to the Lord for the eventual return of his son. God did answer that prayer, and the son did return to the father's arms and was restored to fellowship. God has his own way and his own time of answering prayer. And so when we pray for our prodigals, we leave them in God's hands, and we trust that the Lord knows what is best. Jesus called the fishermen, and they immediately left their nets, and Matthew left his tax collector's booth, but there have been others, Paul, who was blinded and had to go through what he went through. Some people are resistant, very resistant to the gospel, and as we pray for them, forces of darkness have blinded the eyes of our prodigals and is hardening their hearts so that they don't respond to the gospel message, and that's when we have to pray and intercede on behalf of our prodigals so that the Spirit of God touch their hearts and they come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. This is a live, a live podcast program, and we welcome your participation, your input into this program. Maybe you want to call in and Share a testimony on what the Lord has been doing in the lives of your prodigals or in your life. Maybe you want to call in and share an insight. Something you have to say will be an encouragement and edifying to someone who needs to hear a good word. The book of Proverbs mentions that a cheerful word is like good medicine. Perhaps you'd like to call in and you have a prayer request. If you have a prodigal son and daughter, and you have a prayer need, feel free to call in and type in your chat text, your prayer request. We will see it on our screen, and when the time comes for prayer, we'll present it before the throne of grace. If you want your request to be anonymous, we don't want to betray anyone's confidentiality or make anyone uncomfortable. Perhaps you want it to be an unspoken request. We may not know the details and you may not want to divulge them, but God knows the details. He knows all things. And so we would respect your privacy. We will lift your request up before the throne of grace, binding the strong man, rebuking the powers of darkness, and lifting up your prodigal son and daughter. The time is short. I've often said this in every podcast, that I do not believe we are in the last days. I believe we are in the last seconds, the last moments. The next event on the biblical prophetic calendar is the rapture of the church. It was several weeks ago when I gave a devotional on the rapture, defining what it is and what it's all about and how to prepare for it. The snatching away of those who have 
surrendered their lives to Jesus Christ. It can happen tonight. It could happen before this podcast is over. And we don't want our prodigal sons and daughters to get left behind. The Word of God says that immediately following the rapture, there will be a period of time known as the Great Tribulation, a seven-year period of time when God's judgments will be poured out on a rebellious and unrepentant world. And to be quite honest with you, I have a son and a daughter, an adult son and daughter, and recently I shared that my son accepted Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior, and it has been a difficult walk for him, but he remains committed. His name is written in the Book of Life, and I know and believe and I'm confident and thank God that when the moment comes, he will be harpazoed, raptured. However, I still pray for my daughter who has not surrendered her life to Christ. And so every day I lift her up in prayer, binding the strong man and committing her life to God's hands, knowing he has the perfect way in the perfect time to bring her to the foot of the cross. You may have a son or daughter who has not saved and you don't want them to get left behind. One of two things can happen. They can either get left behind in the rapture, or God forbid, they should enter a Christless eternity through an untimely death. The Word of God says it is appointed once unto men to die, and after this to judgment. And we don't want to see our prodigal sons and daughters without Christ. We do not want them to burn in the lake of fire. That's keeping it real. The Word of God says that there is an eternal judgment for those who have never accepted Christ. This is a fight to the death. No prisoners will be taken. And so we have to enter prayer warfare. The enemy will not release your prodigal son and daughter. We have to grab them. Enter the enemy's camp the same way Abraham entered the enemy camp to rescue Lot. And we have to Enter the enemy's camp, bind the strong man that has our prodigals in bondage, and rescue them through prayer, intercession, yes, and if necessary, prayer and fasting. The disciples came to Christ, and they had reported to him when they had been sent out that there were occasions when the demonic could not be cast out. And Jesus told them that there were occasions when certain evil entities have to be dealt with by prayer and fasting. It may take prayer and fasting to bind a strong man and release your prodigal son and daughter. If that is what is necessary, so be it. If you were walking on the street with your son and daughter and someone tried to attack them and harm them, you would do everything in your power to defend them so that their life would not be taken. Well, the same thing is true spiritually. The enemy is trying to take the spiritual as well as the physical life of your prodigal son and daughter. And so we have to fight back. The weapons of our warfare are mighty to the pulling down of strongholds. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, and against the spiritual wickedness in high places. That is the fight that we are facing right now. That is what this podcast is all about. And so we welcome your participation. We look forward to hearing what you have to say and want to share. At this time, we want to welcome listeners in a variety of states. We have listeners in New York, California, Colorado, Pennsylvania, North Carolina, Oklahoma, Massachusetts, Connecticut, Idaho, Georgia, Alabama, Maryland, Tennessee, Texas, Ohio, Utah, Wisconsin, Virginia, West Virginia, New Jersey, Montana, Minnesota, Alabama, Louisiana, and most recently, the state of, I believe I mentioned it, um, Minnesota. Yes, I mentioned Minnesota. But we have approximately 24 states, people from 24 states who are tuning in internationally. We welcome listeners from Mexico, Australia, France, Canada, and Uganda, and the United Kingdom. Praise God. Now, there are many who are listening to this podcast 
live. But due to time differences, most will be downloading this podcast and listening to it at a later date, perhaps several days from now, perhaps several hours from now. There is no time constraint for the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God could move just as easily through a download, a recorded download, as he can through a live podcast. God knows all things, and the Spirit of God has no limitations. He is all-powerful. And so we praise God for you tuning in to the Parents of Prodigals podcast. Please join me for an opening prayer to this program. Heavenly Father, I praise you. We praise you. We thank you for this brief time in all eternity when we can come together and share and pray and edify one another. All of us who are parents of unsaved sons and daughters love them. We don't want to see them enter a Christless eternity in the lake of fire, getting left behind when the rapture takes place. And so, Lord, we pray that this be a time of edification to each other and glorification to you, my God. This is your time. Put your words in my mouth. Let what's said here be glorifying to you and edifying and strengthening and comforting to those who are listening. Pour out your spirit on everyone who is listening to this podcast. If it's the parent of an unsaved son and daughter, give them strength, perseverance, encouragement, and comfort. And if there is a prodigal who's listening to this podcast right now, Lord, touch their hearts through the power of your spirit. Convict them of their sin. Open up their eyes and lead them to the foot of Calvary so that they surrender their lives to you. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. We like to begin our podcast with a devotional. A devotional, and the title of tonight's devotional is simply The Blessings of God's Word. The Blessings of God's Word. And our scripture is found in Psalm 19, verses 7 through 8. Psalm 19, verses 7 through 8. And I'll give you a moment to find this scripture text in your Bibles. You know, the Word of God is like the anchor of a ship. It tethers us, our minds, and our lives to the truth, especially when the lies of the enemy try to deceive us or make us want to give in to despair or discouragement. The Word of God pulls us into the presence of God at times when God seems far away. In God's Word and in God's Word alone, we find encouragement, peace, satisfaction, guidance, and so many other blessings that are too many to count. In a nutshell, God's Word provides solid ground to stand on. You know, in the book of Hebrews, chapter 2, verse 1, the Word of God says, Therefore, we must give the more earnest heed to the things we have heard, lest we drift away. Now, those two phrases, earnest heed and drift away, have nautical meanings. Greek, as I've always mentioned, is a picture language, with most words conveying a deeper meaning that are tied to a picture. Well, those two phrases, earnest heed and drift away, refer, first of all, to the mooring of a ship, tying the ship up to the dock, and making sure that it is taking heed and making sure that it is secure so that it doesn't drift away. The second phrase, drift away, was used of a ship that had been allowed to drift away, leaving the harbor where it was safe. And this can happen to neglect or carelessness on the part of the owner of the vessel. The warning here is clear. To secure ourselves to the truth of God's word, the gospel, being careful not to allow ourselves to drift away from the safe harbor of our salvation. We must pay the closest attention to the matters of our faith, and we do this by staying in God's Word. Let's read our scripture text together. Matthew chapter 19, verses 7 through 8. I'll be reading from the New King James Version of the Holy Scriptures. The law of the Lord is perfect, 
converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. May God add a blessing to the reading of his most holy word. You know, as I've said, while there are many blessings when it comes to abiding in the Word of God, I want to focus on four, four great blessings from being in God's Word that are found in our scripture text. In fact, this is part one of a multi-part devotional, part one being what we're discussing tonight, the blessings of God's Word, and the subsequent part continuing at another podcast time with the meditation of God's word, the meditation of God's word, having devotions. So let's get into what I feel are four primary blessings of being in God's word. However, first, a word of warning. Many people read the Bible. Many households have Bibles on coffee tables, often serving as decoratives or to give the impression of religiosity or spirituality. There are many people who revere and respect the Bible, who read the Bible, and may even be able to quote multiple scriptures from the Bible. But all this is a complete and total waste of time if you have never accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, admitting you are a sinner, admitting your need for a Savior, confessing your sinfulness, and surrendering your life to the complete and total Lordship of Jesus Christ. Reading the Bible cannot save you. If you are abiding in God's word without abiding in Christ, as I have said, you are wasting your time. In fact, in the Gospel of John, chapter 5, verse 39, Jesus said, Ye search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life. But they are they which testify of me. Christ's words are not enough. You must have Christ. So let's proceed. Four great blessings from being in God's word, according to our scripture. First, the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. Soul restoration is the first great blessing. You know, that word law in Hebrew is Torah. Torah. As referred to here, it isn't just the scrolls of the law, which are referred to as the Torah. This refers to all of God's revelation which represents his instructions to his people, that's you and I, regarding how we are to live in the midst of a godless and sin-saturated world. The law gives instruction and direction. In fact, the word Torah comes from the word to shoot an arrow at a target. A teacher, namely in this case the law of God, aims to hit the target and achieve specific goals in the lives of the students. And that goal is obedience. God's law is perfect. That word perfect is the word in Hebrew, tamayim. Tamayim. It means that God's word is wholesome, undefiled, and has complete integrity. In simple terms, it lacks nothing with regards to being all you need to know to live a godly life, and it will never steer you wrong. Being perfect, it's effective in converting the soul. The word convert could also be rendered restore, soul restoration. The Hebrew word being shub, to revive, to refresh. The restorative restorative quality of the law of God gives healing, refreshment to the whole person by assuring us of forgiveness, cleansing, and restoration, and by giving life to the godly doing all this by redirecting us back to obedience. God's word converts, that is, it turns, restores the sinner from their ways, and restores or turns the saint when we have wandered off. In Greek literature, the word equivalent is epistrophe. Epistrophe. It's meant and was used to set upright an object that had been toppled over or fallen down or helping a person who had fallen 
back up on their feet from being on the ground. The law of God has complete power to accomplish this. So we have the first blessing, restoration of the soul. The second blessing, the testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The impartation of wisdom is the second blessing. The Hebrew word for testimony is being idut, idut. It doesn't refer to the God's word itself, but the reliability, the dependability. You know, the Ark of the Covenant was often referred to as the Ark of the Testimony because it bore witness to what is true. The root word for idut is ehed, ehed, which means to witness, referring to someone or something that will bear a true and reliable witness in various situations. That is what the Word of God does. Therefore, the reliability, dependability of God's Word is sure. In Hebrew, the word is aman. That, may, that word may sound familiar to, to you it, it, where we get the word amen from when we pray. And the word amen or aman in Hebrew conveys the idea of certainty and firmness. The reliability of God's word is firm and certain. You and I can stake our lives on God's word. Proverbs 30, verse 5, reinforces this when it says, Every word of God is flawless. The Hebrew word aman, or aman, provides the picture of two things. One, tent pegs that are driven deep into the ground so that the tent is stable and firm and unmovable. And two, a strong arm of a parent that is supporting a helpless infant who depends on the parent. Because of all this, God's word can be depended on. God's word makes simple people, heheb, pathias, to be open-minded to deception. Those people who are simple, it provides wisdom to the simple. Those of us, perhaps, who are born again, at times the enemy may try to deceive us. But the word of God will redirect us into the ways that we should go. And we praise God for that. It makes wise the simple, hakam, having the skill to apply godly life principles to everyday situation. Praise God for the word of God. The third blessing, the statutes of the Lord are right. Rejoicing the heart. Rejoicing of the heart is the third wonderful blessing of abiding in God's word. God's statutes or precepts and abiding in them provide strength, stability, security, which in turn blesses us with inward joy and a sense of well-being. You know, the word statutes or precepts is the Hebrew word referring to instruction, orders, directions, life principles that are mandated by God. The life of instructionals, which God gives, are yashar. Yashar, the word right. The statutes of the Lord are right. The word yashar means to be on a straight path and the right direction. Again, being on the straight path in obedience to God's word provides peace, stability, and well-being. Who in the world would not want that? I know I do. And finally, the fourth great blessing from our scripture text, the blessing of abiding in God's word. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. Enlightenment, enlightenment. The psalmist sums up the last benefit of abiding in God's word and living in obedience to an enlightenment in the eyes. The word commandment being meswa, meswa. It sums up all of God's instructions and principles and directions, which are non-negotiable. We as his people are expected and required to live in obedience, practicing in our daily lives what God commands us to do. And doing this results in our lives being evident for all to see. The phrase enlightenment in the eyes is the Hebrew word ore. It conveys the idea of evidence of a godly life, people being able to see our godly nature in our eyes. In a sense, even in the Old Testament, God's word says in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 2, 
that we as believers are living epistles known and read by all men. And in Matthew chapter 5, verse 16, we are to let our light shine before others, that others may see our lives, and as a result, glorify the Father in heaven. Praise God for that. So we have four, four wonderful blessings that are found in our scripture text if we abide in God's word. Soul restoration and refreshment, the impartation of wisdom to live godly lives and make the right decisions, joy, security, and stability in our hearts, and the enlightenment in our life for all to see. I mention all this because these are all the things that our prodigals need to see in our lives. These are the benefits of being in God's word, and our prodigals need to know that we are abiding in God's word, living for Christ, and being living epistles that can be seen and read of them, and they in turn will see our life in Christ, and it will be a testimony to them. We need to lead them to Christ. We can preach, we can quote scripture. The most important testimony you can give is your life in Christ. People need to see us living Christ, not just speaking Christ. And our prodigal sons and daughters need our lives to be testimonies, cities on a hill, salt and light in their eyes. We need to be testimonies to them. We need our prodigal sons and daughters to see that our souls have been restored, that we are living wise lives in accordance to God's will, that we have joy, security, and stability in our hearts, and they need to see Christ in our eyes, enlightenment in our eyes. And so there is our devotion, and I pray that it was a blessing to you. And when I share these insights, these are insights not just to impart to listeners, but these are personal to me. These are principles that I myself practice or try to live by in my own life. Ironing sharpens iron. I myself am sharpened when I read the Word of God. And as I read God's Word, I pray, and I always ask, how should this passage change me? Where is Christ in this Bible passage, and does this passage apply to a situation that I am facing? As I was reading this scripture in Psalm 19, verses 7 through 8, that is exactly what happened. I read God's word, and I saw these insights, and I praise God for the blessing of being able to share them with you. At this time, we are approaching the halfway mark of the Parents of Prodigals podcast, and we usually break into a musical interlude, playing godly songs, which I hope will minister to your hearts. And when we conclude our musical interlude, we shall return with the second half of the Parents of Prodigals podcast. We hope that you will stay tuned and participate in this program. And later on in our podcast, we will lift before the throne of grace the prayer requests that we have for several prodigal sons and daughters that are in bondage and need deliverance and freedom and need to surrender their lives to Christ. So we break into our musical interlude and we shall return in a few moments to the second half of the Parents of Prodigals podcast. Please stay tuned. Thank you. 
Praise God. I hope that musical interlude was a blessing to you. Uh, I, of course, always pay close attention to the lyrics of these, of these musical interludes, and the words minister to me, staying by the foot of the cross, and who is like Jesus, who is like him. At this time, I want to acknowledge, uh, I just received word that we have additional listeners. We have listeners in the state of New Hampshire, Oregon, and the state of Washington. So we welcome listeners from those three states, if they have just tuned in. Whoever you are, we welcome you. God bless you, and I pray that uh, this program is a blessing to you uh, as well. Uh, also. Um, Listeners in Canada, I see here, and Brazil. So they are tuning in as well. You know, God knows all the details. I do not know who these people are who are tuning in, but God knows who they are. He knows all the details and the situations that they're facing. And I pray that this podcast is a blessing to you who are tuning in. We will be uniting in prayer in a few moments coming before the throne of grace and praying for our prodigal sons and daughters. You know, I expressed concern at the beginning of the podcast regarding the rapture about to take place, or perhaps prodigals meeting an untimely demise and going into a Christless eternity. You know, many of our prodigals know the gospel. It's not that they do not know or perhaps have never heard. Many of our prodigals 
know the gospel. Perhaps they used to go to church, or they know about Christ. They know about uh, being born again. They've heard that phrase. Uh, but perhaps they think that it's not for them, or maybe they were involved in the church, and maybe something happened. Maybe they saw hypocrisy, or perhaps they, uh, you know, there's an issue regarding many televangelists and the bad testimony that many so-called televangelists uh, are giving by their lifestyles, their lavish lifestyles, and many of our prodigals see negative testimonies and hypocrisy, and, and their words are, well, why should I accept Christ? Is this what it's all about? And they allow the enemy to deceive them into keeping their eyes on the hypocrisy of believers or so-called believers. The enemy wants to deceive them and keep them away from the foot of the cross. And again, many of our prodigals know the gospel, but the enemy has hardened their hearts through bitterness or anger or resentment, or maybe is distracting them from accepting Christ and luring them away from the church, luring them away from the word of God. You know, the scriptures mention that in the last days there will be a great falling away. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1 says, Now the Spirit expressly says that in later times some will depart from the faith by devoting themselves to deceitful spirits and teachings of demons. Many of our prodigals are getting involved and have turned to New Age beliefs or alternative religions, Buddhism and Hinduism, and maybe perhaps to disillusionment with the church they have turned away and have turned towards new age religions or islam buddhism hinduism taoism or any other false god or false religion in matthew chapter 24 verses 10 through 13 the word of god says and then many will fall away and betray one another and hate one another and many false prophets will arise and lead many astray. And because lawlessness will be increased, the love of many will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. And there you have it, the great falling away. Prodigals, our prodigal sons and daughters, they have known the gospel, they have heard the gospel, they know that we attend church, that we've accepted Christ, and perhaps they are even putting off coming to Christ, believing falsely that they have all the time in the world. The rapture could take place tonight, or God forbid they should enter a Christless eternity. Again, I said it in the beginning of the podcast, it is appointed once for men to die, and after this to judgment. We want our prodigal sons and daughters to have their names written in the book of life. And again, that's what this podcast is all about. So right now, we are going to come before the throne of grace and lift up in prayer for deliverance and salvation, the names of the young people that we have for prayer and intercession and petition. And if you have a prayer request and you want it mentioned, we will bring it before the throne of grace before this podcast concludes. So please, if you wish to have prayer for your prodigal son and daughter, key it in, and we will present it before the Lord. Right now, we want to lift up in prayer two young men, both with the same name, Joshua. And both these young men are struggling with the stronghold of drug and alcohol addiction. One or the other has them in bondage, and it's my understanding that they are still perhaps dealing with these issues. This is a stronghold that many young people are in bondage to, but right now we're going to lift both these young men up in prayer. Please join me in prayer and intercession and prayer warfare on behalf of these two young men, both of them named Joshua. Heavenly Father, we come before you with these two young men, these two wonderful young men. They are the sons of godly parents. And Lord, you see 
that they are in bondage, in bondage to the chains of addiction, my God. The enemy has them deceived mentally that they need drugs to cope with their problems. And he has them in bondage physically, their bodies craving the chemicals in their bodies. Father, first and foremost, we pray, Lord, for healing in the mind. Touch the minds of these two young men. Heal their troubled minds. Deliver them from the lie of the enemy, that they need drugs to help them deal with their problems. Lord God, you are the great physician. Heal their minds, Lord God. Replace these troubled minds with peace and stability. Stretch forth your hand, Lord God, and speak to their minds so that these two young men realize their need for you. Reach out and provide healing in the body as well. Take away the physical craving that their physical bodies have for these deadly chemicals, my God. Open up their eyes to the gospel. I don't know how the gospel is going to get to them, Lord God. It may be someone in the rehab that perhaps they're attending. Maybe it may be a, a gospel track or a program or the testimony of someone that they may meet. Whatever way you choose, Lord God, we commit both Joshua's into your hands. Deliver them from the bondage of addiction. Save both their souls. We commit them into your hands, Lord God. You have your own way and your own time of answering prayer. So we commit both Joshua's to you, Heavenly Father. Save them, Lord God. Save these two young men. Don't let them enter a Christless eternity. Don't let them get left behind, Lord God. But deliver them from the clutches of the strong man that we bind right now in the name of Jesus. And we command that he loosen the hold that is on them. We claim deliverance for these two young men, and we praise you and we thank you for the answer to this prayer. It's being answered now. We don't know how long it's going to take, Lord. We wait on you, and we praise you until the answer comes forth. In Jesus' name, amen. Right now, we want to lift up in prayer three young women, three young ladies who are the daughters of godly parents. First, we have a young lady by the name of Gabby. And Gabby is the daughter of a dear sister and brother who live in another state. And mom called in several weeks ago when our pastor, Albert Feliciano, was on the air co-hosting with us. And mom explained how Gabby was suffering from depression and perhaps low self-esteem and some other emotional issues. We're going to lift Gabby up before the throne of grace. Angelica, another young lady that is the daughter of a dear brother and sister, members of the Soul Purpose Evangelical Church body of believers. And Angelica also is struggling with some issues. And we are going to pray for her deliverance and salvation. And a young lady by the name of Valentina, also a daughter of a couple of Soul Purpose Evangelical Church. I made an error earlier. Angelica, it, parents do not attend Soul Purpose, but Angelica is the daughter of a dear brother who sent in a prayer request several months back or several weeks back. And we lift up Gabby, Angelica, and Valentina every week in our podcast. Until the prayers become answered, we remain tenacious and vigilant in lifting up in prayer. Excuse me. So at this time, touch and agree with me for these two or these three young ladies, Gabby, Angelica, and Valentina. And let's pray for these three young ladies. Touch and agree with me. Father, we thank you for these godly parents of these three young ladies, Lord God, who have a burden for the salvation of their souls. And Heavenly Father, we want to lift up Gabby and Angelica and Valentina before you, the throne of grace. You see what they're going through, emotional pain, psychological pain, Lord God, heartbreak, whatever it may be that they're suffering from, Lord God, whatever bondage the enemy has them in, their minds and their souls, their troubled spirits, Lord God, Heal their minds right now, my God. 
Lord, I don't know if these three young ladies have heard the gospel or what their reaction has been to it. Maybe hostility, maybe wanting to put it off or believing that it's not for them. But Lord God, convict all three of them that they need the Savior. Open up their eyes to the gospel, Lord God. If the hearts are hardened, soften their hearts. Make them open and receptive to hear the message of salvation. Let your word fall on good ground when the message gets to them. Soften their hearts. Speak to their hearts, Holy Spirit, so that they realize that they need the Savior. They need the abundant life in Christ. All things will be made new. Your word says that all things are made new when we surrender our lives to you. Lord God, bring Gabby and Angelica and Valentina to the point where they surrender their lives to you so that all things can be made new in their lives. And Lord, the enemy is not going to release these three young ladies so they can get saved. So we enter the enemy's camp in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, and we claim deliverance and freedom from whatever is binding these three young ladies. We speak freedom, we speak life to these three young ladies, Lord God. Deliver them and free them from the clutches of the evil one. Save their souls, Lord God. Have their names written in the book of life, Lord God. We commit all three of them into your hands for their deliverance and salvation. We thank you, for we know you hear our prayers. All things are possible if we believe, and we do believe, Lord God. We touch and agree with the parents of Gabby, Angelica, and Valentina. We touch and agree with them, and we praise you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, several weeks back, or not that long ago, actually, our brother Jamie Schock and his lovely wife, Sister India, testified that their daughter, China, and China's friend, Alexa, had surrendered their lives to Christ. And then I testified several weeks later that my son, Michael, through a series of events, ended up in the driveway of my home, and him and I had a long conversation. And he came to the point where he admitted his need for the Savior, and he also surrendered his life to Jesus Christ. China, Alexa, and my son, Michael. However, there is no way that the enemy is going to let this go unaddressed. He is not going to allow this to go unchallenged. And so we need to pray for China, Alexa, and Michael, that they persevere in the faith and rebuke the powers of darkness that will try to lure them back to deception. Touch and agree with me. Heavenly Father, we praise you and we thank you. I thank you for China, Alexa, and my son Michael. I thank you and praise you for their lives. I thank you and praise you for their new lives. That you heard prayer, answered prayer, and they have surrendered their lives to you, Lord God. And right now, Father, we pray, Good Shepherd, that you hold on to them. Good Shepherd, that you protect them from the wolf that will try to enter the sheepfold and kill and destroy them. Your word says, Lord God, that the thief comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. And Lord, we rebuke the enemy who will make all attempts to steal, kill, and destroy and lure them back. Maybe perhaps the enemy will try to discourage them. Maybe having believed that the walk is too difficult, or maybe another lie, or, or lead them into despair. Father, we pray for China, Alexa, and Michael that you give all three of them a hunger for your word, a thirst for a close relationship with you. Draw them close to you, Lord God. Give them encouragement, perseverance in the faith, Help them to stand firm in their commitment when they surrender their lives to you. And we rebuke the forces of darkness and the power of the enemy who will try to lure them back or discourage them or snatch the word from their hearts. Let your word fall in good ground and let their lives bear spiritual fruit. Let the fruit of the Spirit be evident in their lives. Fill them, Lord God, with your Holy Spirit. Power from on high. Give all three of them an upper room experience, Lord God. Begin the work, Father. You began the work already. They're saved. Thou continue the good work, Lord God. Preserve them 
in their relationship with you. Don't let them cave in to deception, discouragement, or despair. Strengthen them. Give them grace, Lord God. In Jesus' name, we pray for them. And we thank you, Lord God, for preserving them and holding on to them. Amen. We want to pray for another young man by the name of Johnny. And Johnny is uh, related to a dear sister who attends Soul Purpose Evangelical Church. And Johnny is uh, also struggling with several issues. He is uh, not saved. Um, but also, we want to lift up in prayer along with Johnny, another young man by the name of Edgar. Edgar also is the adult son of a dear brother and sister who attends Soul Purpose Evangelical Church. Both these young men, Edgar and Johnny, are unsaved and are walking the path that leads to eternal destruction. But we are going to lift them up before the throne of grace and intercede on their behalf. We also want to lift up in prayer my daughter, Megan, who has never surrendered her life to Christ as well. And so we lift up in prayer Edgar, Johnny, and Megan for the deliverance that they're in bondage to and the salvation of their souls. Touch and agree with me for deliverance and salvation for the prodigals. Father, we thank you and we praise you, Father, for the privilege of coming before you. We lift up in prayer Megan, Edgar, and Johnny. Three souls, Lord God. Three souls. There are two paths. One leading to eternal life. The narrow path and the wide and broad road leading to destruction. And Lord God, we know that those who have never surrendered their lives to you are on the, path, the broad path leading to destruction. And so we pray for these three souls, Lord God, Edgar, Johnny, and Megan, that you touch their hearts and convict them of their sin, detour them from the broad path, and convict them of their sin. Open up their eyes so that they, they turn, divert their eyes from the things that they're focusing on, and turn to you, Lord God, whatever is keeping them from surrendering their lives to you, whatever has them in bondage. It could be distractions or lifestyle. It could be uh, a pursuit of riches or pleasure or drugs or alcohol. Whatever it is, Lord God, deliver all three of them from whatever is holding them in bondage. Touch their hearts, touch their minds. Let the message of the gospel penetrate their hearts, penetrate their minds. And again, let your word fall on good ground, Lord God. We pray for their salvation, Father. We don't want to see them enter a Christless eternity or get left behind. So, Lord, do what needs to be done. Do what it takes, Lord God. Have your own way, Lord. Have your own way in their lives. Do whatever needs to be done to save their souls, no matter what it takes, Lord God. It may take blinding them. It may take a crisis. Whatever it takes, Lord God. Bring them to the foot of the cross so that they realize their need for you. Bring them to the end of themselves so that they turn to you, Lord God, and surrender their lives to you. We claim deliverance from whatever is holding all three of them in bondage. The enemy, we command to take their hands off their eyes, and we rebuke the forces of darkness that refuse to let them go. We enter the enemy's camp again and bind the strong man, and free our loved ones so they can serve you, Lord God. We claim deliverance from bondage, and we claim salvation, and praise you, Lord God, for the salvation of their souls. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord God. Amen. We have another prayer request here. Uh, I'm reading this here. Cliff and a wife, Leslie. They have backslidden a long time ago. Apparently, there was some offense, and the parents do not want anything to do with the church or the gospel. And they, I suppose, according to what I'm seeing here, have drifted away from the faith and maybe are bitter towards the things of God and have wandered away uh, due to 
some offense. Well, God knows all the details. God knows what happened. And we are going to lift them up before the throne of grace. Father, we just lift up Cliff and his wife, Leslie, and the entire family. We don't know what happened, Lord God. Lord, in the early church, there was division and there was drama, Lord God. And that's apparently what the enemy caused here. Bad blood and drama. The enemy wants to destroy the unity of the family of God. And so, Heavenly Father, we praise you and we thank you for this lovely family. And we pray, Lord God, for their deliverance from the bondage of bitterness or anger. Lead them back, Lord. Lead them back to the fold. It isn't about going to church. It's about coming to you, Lord Jesus. Touch their hearts. Soften their hearts. Bring restoration. Bring healing to whatever anger or bitterness exists. This is of the enemy. This is of the evil one. And we rebuke it in the name of Jesus. And we claim deliverance. And we pray, Lord God, that you bring this entire family back into the fold. Heal whatever rift exists. Restore good fellowship. Restore love. Give grace to all of them, Lord God. We commit them into your hands, Lord God. And we praise you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, we've come to the end of our time together in the Parents of Prodigals podcast. And I want to thank you for tuning in. We will be back on the air next Thursday at 7 p.m., April 20th at 7 p.m., God willing. And we hope that you will tune in to next week's Parents of Prodigals podcast. Until that time, I pray that this podcast was a blessing to you. In the meantime, continue in prayer, being watchful therein, and keep your eyes on the road. Your prodigals and my prodigal, all of our prodigals, will be on it. God bless you, and have a good night.